Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Thank you, thank you, and good morning, church. Hey, I got—I just got to piggyback on what he said. Uh, there was someone who sent through, actually this is a teenager in our church who sent through their Faith Accelerator Challenge uh, and uh, sent it through last Sunday, and I saw it on Monday, took it, started praying over it, and, and, and one of the miracles that was listed on there, I looked at that, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe in faith with them. But, but, but this, this teenager's faith, along with the faith of their family, they were believing for something huge that I'm just telling you, because I, I know the circumstances, it seemed impossible. But the miracle is already in, in process. I'm not free to share with you the details, but I'm telling you guys, I encourage you to take this Faith Accelerator Challenge because God's doing some good stuff in people's lives and homes and families. But great to see you today. Get your Bibles open to Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. Joshua 1, 1. While you're turning there, I just want to uh, I, I, I just want to thank those of you who were a part of the Brave Gathering that was held here on uh, on Friday and Saturday. Thank you for, to all the volunteers. I just want to read the, the list of people who were volunteering at that event. Uh, Barbie Armenta and Richard Armenta. Actually, Barbara was leading the event. Uh, Bryce Petters, Darius Miller, uh, Adrian Garza, Josh Reeves, Bobby Dade, Anthony Miller, James Sheeler. Wow, we got some heavy hitters out here. James Collins, Hunter Pettijohn, and Lindsey Nunn. And Lindsay Lynn and Denise Jones, thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you. In fact, I just wanted to give y'all a hand. Thank you for serving and loving. I uh, I got a lot of good reports for what was what God was doing uh, at the event. Now, one thing though that I do need for you to know, and Barbie, she did an amazing job leading the event, but. Uh, her mother went into the hospital on Thursday uh, with dehydration. They felt it was from a bad uh, stomach virus. And then on Friday, she went septic, and, and that it just turned out really bad for her. Uh, she, she, told, uh, she told Barbie, hey, you go forward with the faith challenge, I mean with the, uh, the Brave Gathering, and just, just get out there and give it your best. In fact, her mother was watching it uh, online at a, from the hospital. Called, she called Barbie right afterwards and just said, that was so amazing. I'm so proud of you, my daughter. It was so wonderful. But uh, I, got a, I got a text from Richard Armenta at 2 a.m. this morning, and and I woke up and, and saw this message that uh, Richard Barbie's wife saying that uh, that she has uh, that she had been put on life support that uh, that she was no longer conscious. Uh, this is Barbie's mother, and then just a few minutes ago, Barbie's mother passed away. She's in the presence of God right now, and uh, Barbie got to hear her last words from her mom, just saying, "I'm so proud of you." And while Barbie was up here ministering, I, I tell you. What, what I like about this story is, first of all, she's moms with Jesus. But second is that Barbie kept doing her ministry and giving it all when she could have just said, no, I'm not going to do this. But her mom said, do this, do this, do this. And, and she did it and gave it her all until the very end and then wanted to get to go see her mom. But uh, 
and now her mom's in the presence of God. So I want us just to pray, uh, pray for Richard, Barbie, their whole family as, as they're, they're dealing with the process of all this right now. Uh, Richard and Barbie are elders here in our church. You see them out here on the platform quite a bit. We love them dearly. So can we pray for them right now? Yeah, we lift up uh, Richard and Barbie to you. Lord, I know that Barbie is going through uh, just a lot. She's just lost her mom. And I pray that you will comfort her, comfort her family, and bring encouragement. Comfort her sister who was there as well when all this happened. And, uh, and, and, and just, just envelop them in your Holy Spirit. I pray that, that your, your peace and, and, and your life will just, uh, just saturate every single one of them as they're walking through this process. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of today's message, which is the third message in this Faith Accelerator series, is Imagine the Possibilities. Imagine the Possibilities. I think we underestimate God's desires for us. In fact, I'm sure of it. It's because our minds are so limited, and, and, uh, but, but the possibilities for miracles are actually limitless. So my challenge to you today is to punch the faith accelerator in your life and begin today to imagine the possibilities. Will you do that with me? All right. In order for us to get, yeah, will you do that with me? I, okay, all right. I, I know one person is, but I, I think the rest of us are with us now. All right, here's what I need you to do. I want you to look at the screens because we're going to go ahead and say our faith challenge scripture, uh, which is Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. Will you all put that up there real quick? And you'll notice today there are blanks. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I told you last week that since we're memorizing this, we're going to put some blanks in there, and we're going to see how we can do with this, all right? Now, today, I'm not going to, my goal is not to embarrass you, but it is, this is a faith challenge, okay? So I'm challenging you to memorize this scripture. Again, it is Mark 11, 23 and 24. It's on the app. You need to go get that, and, and when you fill that out, you're going to get it right back from me. I'm going to send you an email with that, that, this verse on it as well. But I want us to say this out loud together with faith, all right? Here we go. Are you ready? Some of you are so nervous right now. You feel like you're in school. This is not school. We're just having a little bit of fun with the Word of God. Truly, I tell you, if in, you've got to say it with me. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, whoa, look at y'all. I like this. Okay, let's, let's do this. All right. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they pray. say, good. Some of you said pray, say, said, but, but some of you said pray, but it's all the same, okay? So if you say say, said, pray, it, it all works, okay? We're good, we're good. But the, the key there is you don't want to say whatever you think, you get that? It's beyond thinking. It is saying. Okay. <laughs> well, they said it will be what? Done. It will be done for them. Come on. Let's say it together now. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be someone else's. 
Ah, good, you caught me. You caught me. I love it when you guys know the word and you can like, you can call me on stuff, all right? So it will be yours, all right? Now you get this, put this to memory. Do you guys, do you guys believe this scripture? I do, I do, all right. So before we get into the text in Joshua chapter one today, I want to set up the story. The character we're going to read about in just a minute is Joshua. And this book is named after him. In fact, he was the author of this book, the book of Joshua. And Joshua was a man who had grown up in Egypt as a slave. So that was his background. Uh, some of you, you feel like, oh, I had a rough childhood. Now, trust me, Joshua's childhood was worse. He was literally a slave. He was an Egyptian slave. And, uh, and, and, but, but as he grew into a man, he became well-respected. And, and we know this because Moses, as he was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, he asked that Joshua be put in, tribe, uh, in charge of his tribe. So he was the leader of his tribe, a young man. And that was about 10% of the entire nation of Israel at that time. Well, about two years into this, they, after crossing the Red Sea and everything, uh, Moses sent Joshua along with 11 other leaders of the various tribes to go into the land that God had promised them. And uh, this is where Abraham, their forefathers had lived before Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It was their land. Now they, but they had to go back in and possess it because they had been in slavery. Well, they went in there, and, and their, their, their goal was to try to figure out a plan of attack. How are we going to do this? We need to get the lay of the land. None of them had seen it before. They had only heard the stories. And they come back, and, and, I, and, and the, the sad thing is 10 of the 12 guys had a negative report. Joshua and one other, Caleb, had the positive report. They said, we can do this. We're able. We can do this with the hand of God. And, and, uh, but, but these 10 other people came back and had such a negative report they say, we're so scared. They're so scared. It was all about fear, 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 fear. We're scared, we're scared, we're scared. We can't do this. Oh, it's going to be horrible. And, then, and so it, it, that, that fear accelerated instead of the faith. It, just, just a little quick side note here. When you're around people who are always speaking fear, it can sometimes even derail your own faith. But this this this. Fear attitude spread over the camp of Israel, and it was, it was terrible because what happened is then Moses had to temporarily call off their plan to go in and take the land and had to call it off for 38 years. And, and as a result of that, uh, God said, because of your lack of faith, and this is just, I'm just like, I'm glad we don't live in the Old Testament anymore, you know, but, but God said, because of y'all's lack of faith, everyone over the age of 20 right now, you're going to die in the desert except for two people, Joshua and Caleb. And so, since Joshua was one of those exceptions, and it was because of his faith that he was allowed to live. Now, now keep in mind, the scriptures are important because the Bible says that the Old Testament, what we see in there, the stories and the things that are in the Old Testament, they are types and shadows for us. So we can take this and relate this to our lives and, and make sense out of this. So God is serious about faith when he tells you to take the land, all right? So you got to imagine this, though. For 38 years, come on, guys, 38 years. 
years, Joshua dreamed and he imagined about that promised land. Because he had been over there. He had seen it. But he had dreamed about it and imagined about it. He, he imagined what it was going to be like to, to, to build a house and not have to live in a tent anymore. He imagined what it was going to be like to raise his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren in the land of promise. Those children that never knew anything about slavery. For 38 years, he imagined what it's going to be like on the other side. And that imagination, that belief for what's out there, it accelerated his faith in an atmosphere where everybody else was negative and pessimistic. So in spite of his circumstances, what he did is he patiently endured. He fixed his eyes on the prize. He got his eyes in the right direction, and he kept moving forward. Finally, at the death of Moses, uh, they were ready to enter into the promised land, and Joshua was now appointed as the new leader over Israel, so we're going to pick up the story there. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. I hope you have your Bibles open to this, because I'm going to re be referring back to this, this passage a lot today. All right, here we go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, that was uh, Joshua's father, has nothing to do with Jake and Lindsay Nunn, who, who attend our church. Nothing at all, I don't think. Uh, descendants, I don't know. Uh, Mo, he said, Moses, aid. he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, then you and all these people, over two million, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, and no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. <laughs> That's nice. As I was with Moses... So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, my goodness. There are so many promises that are in here, and we're going we're gonna to mine them out. Let's keep going. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Let's keep reading. Have I not commanded you? He's driving some truths home here. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. So Joshua, upon taking this primary leadership position over Israel, was spoken to by God. I mean, God told Joshua about things he was going to do through him. God also told Joshua some things he was going to do to him or 
before him. God also spoke to Joshua about specific things that he was responsible to do to make this come to pass. Now, and we're going to talk about those things. This is, but this is 40 years of faith and anticipation and imagination. And, and it was a 40-year faith challenge for him. And I'm just saying, you know, our faith accelerator challenge, I'm just asking us to do it from now until the end of the year. But 40 years of that. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, it was 40 years of faith, but also of setbacks, frustrations, and pain. I mean, he, he had faith, and he was imagining the possibilities. And, but that faith helped keep him alive, I believe, spiritually. And I know that faith kept him alive physically because he had faith. He was dreaming. He was, in, he was imagining what the promised land, what is it going to look like? And his hope and his faith, it, it just charged him. It just kept him going for 40 years through heartaches, through victories, through pain, and even through the loss of Moses, his own mentor. What did Joshua do? He just kept imagining what it was going to be like on the other side of the Jordan, imagining what life was going to be. And, and, and his faith caused him to rise to the top, and he is now the one who will speak to God face to face just like Moses did. So today, what I'm asking you to do is to consider where you are on your faith journey and what it is you're praying for, that you're believing God for. When you wrote out those five prayer needs, if you've not yet done it, you should do it. Uh, where you, 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 you just need to begin to think about those things and have expectation, imagination of what God is going to do for you. Because I believe God can and will do for you things like what he did for Joshua. So my question to you now is, are you keeping your faith alive? Are you willing to accelerate your faith even though it might look foolish? And if you do, you just might possess the land that God has promised you because there's, there's, there are promises that are out there for every single one of you. But first and foremost, most important here, this is critical. You cannot dwell on the circumstances that you see around you. Because if you do, your, your, your vision will not be kept alive for what God has for you down the road. You've got to keep your focus and your attention ultimately on Jesus. Not just the goal, not just what you're looking for, the miracle, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's why I say you, we need to give him praise and honor and glory continually. We need to pray continually. We need to continue to seek Jesus because when we seek Jesus, then those things begin to take care of themselves. That's part of the New Testament message here. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Here it is. Look at this. Let us fix our eyes on the miracles. No. You request the miracles. You can pursue them. You pray for them. But you fix your eyes on who? Jesus, the author and what is he? The perfecter of our faith. I'll say it again. He is the one who perfects our faith. Are you, are you getting that? See, because our own faith sometimes is imperfect, but when we get our eyes on Jesus, the faith is perfected because we're looking at him. And, and, and getting your eyes on Jesus doesn't mean just kind of glancing at him every once in a while on Sundays. It means being totally focused on him. And, and don't let life's distractions cause you to look away from him. And I know the distractions are crazy right now. I know they are. 
I know they are. I hear your stories, and I, I'm listening to you, and I'm seeing, I mean, we're all walking through this. But if you, if you focus on life's distractions, whether it's sickness or a job loss or a broken relationship or a death or a financial stress, whatever that is, if your focus is that, that's going to distract you from what God wants to do. The distraction can also be some of the good things. Some of you might be just saying, hey, things are really good right now, and I'm happy. But that can also be a distraction, which I've just got to throw out there I want to warn you about. I mean, it could be the distraction of an abundant income or just this amazing, vibrant health that you have or, or possessions or, or a relationship. I don't know. But, but if anything comes between you and Jesus, it will keep you from inheriting that promised land you got to fix your eyes on Jesus because if you don't, it will decelerate your faith. And, and I, want you to, I want you to keep him. Keep Jesus in focus. Keep Jesus in focus. Now let's dig into this text, understanding that our focus is Jesus. Now what can we learn from this passage in Joshua chapter 1 that we can apply directly to our lives and the miracles we're looking at? And here's the first one. I want you to imagine the possibilities of what God can do through you, through you. I, God has great plans to do things through you. Please, you, you should know this now, the adventure of serving Jesus. I mean, it's, it's made wonderful when we begin to see what God does through us, especially on our cultural streets. I mean, just imagine, God desires to impact other people through you. And he doesn't want to just do it in a light, casual way. He wants to do it in an extraordinary manner. And I want you to expect that. I mean, these, these, these people that are around you, you know, they're, they're, the, they're the people that you're coming in contact with day in and day out. They're on your what we call cultural streets. And you are called of God to get out there and to impact and to touch these people. I mean, that's part of your life mission. I mean, Joshua's cultural street was government. And he was a governing leader. And God said to him, God said to him, you will lead these people to inherit the land. But regardless of your cultural street, whether it's business or government, arts and entertainment, whether it's education, science, healthcare, it could be uh, the church or family, whatever your cultural street is, there are people around you in that sphere that God has put you there to impact, and you got to do that because God wants to take you to a new place. And part of that is by God working through you when you have faith. Also, I believe that God wants to work through you in a greater way than you can imagine. I don't think your imagination of what God wants to do through you is really there. So I want you to imagine bigger because God, get this, God the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He lives in you. Wherever you go, you're carrying God. And wherever God is present, wherever God is active, I mean, things begin to change. And I want you to see your, your, your vocation and your passion and your interest. Those are the places where you are on mission. And you, wherever you go, whoever you interact with, they're brushing up with the presence of Almighty God that's in you. <laughs> You're an ambassador. You're a missionary into the culture. I mean, imagine the possibilities that God desires to work through you. So punch your faith accelerator. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. It says God is able to do immeasurably. Say that immeasurably. Yeah. 
immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So God wants to do things on, uh, on a level above where you're currently spiritually operating in. And that word power that you see there, according to the power that is at work within us, that is the Greek term dunamis, which speaks of an indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, this fire, this power, this fullness of the Holy Spirit that's already inside of you that is released whenever you go places. And, and when you have faith to know that God wants to to get out of you and do some things, then he's going, to be do, be, he's going to begin to do things beyond what you can comprehend. Another thing I want you to do is I want you to begin to imagine, dream about, imagine the possibilities of what God desires to do for you. Really, there are some specific things God wants to do for you. What are they? If you've completed your faith accelerator challenge, I've seen those and I'm praying over them and, and I want you to still do that if you've not yet done it and, and let me know what they are because I want to stand in faith with you. But you need to know what are some of the things you want God to do for you. Because I want to pray with you. I want to believe God for miracles because one thing is for certain, God wants to give you more territory. God wants to, I'll say it again, God wants to give you more territory. You might say, but it's really rough right now. Well, you know what? Joshua was, was out there in the desert, in the wilderness. Yeah, it was really rough out there, but God wanted to give him more territory. He told Joshua, though, he needed to do something to take that territory. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. That's important. So he had to go put his foot out there. He had to take some steps. And I, I believe this, that we can still do that. You can walk and you can pray and you can, you can place your foot on places and just begin to pray and expect things that are, that, are, that are going to be miracles. I really believe that. I've seen it work. In fact, that word set your foot, the Hebrew term there means to walk forcefully. In other words, you're walking with confidence, you're walking with force, you've you're just got a little bit of swagger in your step, spiritual swagger. I mean, you don't have to be walking around like, uh-huh, I'm something. You know, you don't need to do that. But you can walk with spiritual forcefulness. And you, it is the force of faith when you walk into that office, when you walk into that home, when you walk out there on the street, you walk into the marketplace, walk forcefully. Because whatever the battle is that's out there, God wants to give you more territory, but he's looking to you to walk forcefully, to set your foot with authority and faith. Come on, guys. That's like punching the faith accelerator. Let's do it. Also, another thing here. God wants to defend you. Oh, he does. He longs to be your shield of defense. He told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, he said, no one will be able to stand against you. Some of you feel like you're just surrounded by, by, by so much turmoil and there's no way out. But God says, no, no one will be able to stand against you. Here's another thing. Also, God wants to accompany you on the journey. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's not going to just put you out there and say, ha, ha, look at you. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's going to be in front of you. He's going to be beside you. He's going to be behind you. He's going to encompass you. And plus, he's in you. Joshua 1, 5 says, I will be with 
you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you need to underline that in your Bibles and get it in your heart. Make that another scripture you memorize. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're not alone in your faith battle. God knows exactly where you are, and he knows what you're facing. He knows what you're dealing with, and according to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Believe it. Trust the word of God. You're not in this alone. And God also wants to help you be successful. Even though we all fail from time to time and we go through ups and downs and sometimes the downs are huge, God wants you to be successful. It is God's plan for you to be successful. He gave Joshua some important uh, instructions to follow. And, 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 and he said, he gave him all these instructions, but why did he give the instructions? In Joshua 1 verse 7, he said, it's so that you may be successful wherever you go. He also said in Joshua 1 verse 8, you will be prosperous and successful. I mean, do you believe that? See, prosperous and successful looks different for every single person. It's not the same. It's not necessarily what the world puts out there as prosperity and success. But you have to understand that is God's plan for you. And, but but you, you have to activate it. You have to activate it. God expects you to take some action. You have to do something. God wants you to do some things. I don't even know what the things are, but God wants you to do some things. Remember, faith without deeds, faith without action isn't even faith at all. Scripture says it's dead. It's death. So I don't want you to be thinking about faith but not taking any action. See, God, God actually commands you to prepare for your miracle. You need to make preparation for it. Prepare for your miracle. Just like what he told Joshua. He said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, he said, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. What, what does get ready mean for you? See, readiness is always something that is a part of accelerated faith. You get ready. And, and Joshua, you know, when he took uh, command of God's people, he told the people then, he, he said it to them in Joshua 1 verse 11, he said, now you get your supplies ready. You need to get ready because the miracle is coming. I, I believe if you're not ready for the miracle, the miracle just might come but pass you by. There's more to this, though. God also commands you to exercise so you can increase your strength. That means hit the gym. Maybe, maybe not, but if you do, that's, that's good. I don't think that's a bad thing. But you need to exercise to increase your strength. Exercise, really what it is, is your spiritual muscles. God, and what I find interesting is that was a command that's found three times in there. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1 7, be strong and very courageous. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, be strong and courageous. It's obvious God wants to get this point across right here to, to not only Joshua and the Israelites, but to us as well. He's saying, don't wimp out halfway through the battle. Get your spiritual muscles activated. Exercise. Have godly courage and spiritual strength and, and, and you will inherit the land. The miracle will be yours. Exercise your faith daily. Do you hear me? Exercise. You need to have something daily you're going to have faith for. I have faith for this. I have faith for that. It doesn't have to be something huge. Somebody, somebody had met with me the other day and said, you know, I, I, have, I have something that sometimes it goes, it sounds strange, but I have red light faith. I said, red light faith, what's that? 
says, well, I just, sometimes I just need to get somewhere. And I was like, God, God is, I need green lights all the way. And, and God, God does that. Now, you might laugh at that. You, you, you might laugh at that. But I, I just said, oh, that's kind of funny because I've got red light faith too. This really happened, it was about three years ago, my car was breaking down, and I had to get to the shop, and, and I knew that, that if, I knew how many stoplights there were on the way, and if my car came to a stop, it would quit, it would just like quit running, and then I would be stuck, and, and so I had to, it, I'd be stuck there in traffic. Who wants to be stuck in traffic in the Metroplex? You don't. And I'm not talking about getting on a freeway either. I'm talking about stoplight after stoplight after stoplight after stoplight after stoplight. And so, and I also had to get to the shop before they closed because I knew what time they were closing. And if I didn't get in there and get my car to the shop by the time they closed, and I saw how much time was there, I said, if I hit one stoplight, the thing's gonna, the car's gonna stop. I'm not gonna make it in time. I said, in Jesus' name, I, I did this. I did this. I know you can laugh at me, mock me, Google right ahead. But here's what I did. I said, in Jesus' name, I'm going to have green lights all the way. And I just prayed, Jesus, Jesus, green lights. The first green light came and went, uh-huh. The next one, uh-huh. The next one, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I got all the way through, and trust me, I have never hit all green lights on that pathway ever again. And I drive it like several times a week. Got my green lights all the way up there, pulled in with one minute, and they were starting to lock the door. I said, wait, don't lock the door yet. And I, I took my car into the shop. I was like, uh-huh. I didn't tell the guy about my, about my, about my faith, you know. But, but you see, God cares about little things like that. He does. Come on. But that's where we need to exercise our faith daily, and not just for superficial things, but exercise your faith for the things that count especially. Also, God makes another command. Here it is. You want to accelerate your faith, then you've got to resist your fear. You've got to resist discouragement, and that's probably the biggest thing because fear and discouragement absolutely caused all the people above the age of 20, except for two, to lose their lives in the desert. So, you, you know, you've, 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 you've got to... You've got to punch that faith accelerator, but don't be afraid because fear and discouragement is going to douse your faith. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, God says, do not be terrified. Now, that doesn't, that, 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 that actually does mean that you should never react uh, on the craziness that's going on around you because there's plenty of craziness going on around you. Now, don't get triggered because it's going to seize up your faith. God also says this. He said, do not be discouraged in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Don't allow discouragement to settle in. He, and you know what? The reason he said this is because after you cross the Jordan River, there's going to be a lot of battles you're going to have to keep facing. Yeah, it's your promised land, but there are a lot of battles that are out there. Don't allow discouragement to, to, to hit you. And there are going to be some giants you're going to have to face. Don't you dare let discouragement hit you. Terror, fear, and discouragement, they will stop your faith faster than anything, and that's one of the reasons we need to be here. We need to be in an atmosphere of prayer and anticipation and faith and encouragement so that you leave soaring high because the world is going to pull you down with terror, fear, and discouragement. And you know what I'm talking about. I could give 50 examples right now from the headlines I've read, all right? That's why you know, I just choose. I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the perfecter of my faith. I will worship him. At the very end today, we're going to worship one more time. The reason for that is so that before we leave here, our eyes are right back on Jesus. 
I will be in his presence. I will cry out to the Lord. And when I do, fear and terror and discouragement, they go away. Because when you begin to worship God, you just watch, just watch. Practice this in just a second. All the things you've been fearful about, like they're gone. They're gone because you got your eyes on Jesus. Guys, it works. And God also commands you this, and this is part of the, that challenge too, is be in the word and to do the word. Obedience, it has a huge role in accelerating uh, your faith. You, you, in fact, I believe you cannot be deliberately disobedient to God and expect to be a recipient of the blessings that he has. I, I want you to listen to this. Here's what he said in Joshua 1, 7. Obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Joshua 1, 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Joshua 1, 9. Be careful to do everything written in the word. What God is saying here is remember the teaching. Remember the word of God and tell others about the truth of God's word and how it's working in your life. Live it out. And then God, finally, he commands you to get moving. Come on, just get moving, get moving, get moving. Joshua chapter 1, verse 11, he says, you will cross the Jordan. Joshua chapter 1, verse 11 also says, you will go in and you will take possession of the land. These are two commandments of action about getting moving. See, for the Israelites, the last hurdle they had to cross was crossing the Jordan River. And they would be crossing it during flood season. During flood season. It, it's kind of like the Trinity River. I mean, if you want to right now, you can go wade across the Trinity River, and you might even get your feet wet. I don't know. You, you might. Like out where I live on the Clear Fork, yeah, you, you might get your feet wet if you, if you walk across there. But when it's flooding, I ain't going, you know, it's just like I'm not messing with that. But it was flood season, and they got across that raging Jordan River, and uh, the water was very dangerous. And God said, you got to go through it. And he, he says, I command you to. Because if you're going to take possession of your land, you may have to cross through something that looks really, really, really scary. And, and I tell you, when the door opens up for your miracles, don't just like sheepishly go up to, well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, You know what? You need to move in and take possession of your miracle. But remember, the whole time, you got to keep your eyes fixed on him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Get this. Put this down. Get this into memory right here. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If you're looking around at other people, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking around at your political leaders, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking around at other business leaders, you're going to be disappointed. If you keep looking around at everybody else, don't get your eyes on people. I'm like, don't even look at me. I mean, now, I mean, while I'm talking, so I'm going to focus here, but fix your eyes on Jesus. This is exactly what happened when the Israelites crossed over the Jordan River. I know Jesus in the flesh wasn't there, but he was also there because what they had to do is they took the Ark of the Covenant into the water. And the Ark of the Covenant is where literally the presence of God dwelt. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. The presence of God dwelt right there. And so they had to fix their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. And when they fixed their eyes on that, which was the presence of God, they were going to walk through on dry land and everything was going to be okay. They gazed onto the Ark. Joshua chapter 3, this is a, a couple chapters further. Joshua chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, he says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, when you see the presence, that's, so that's the presence of God, 
you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Follow Jesus is the New Testament parallel here. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. I said, but I don't know what's going to happen over there. Well, you just keep following your Jesus. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your faith going. Fix your eyes on the presence of the Lord, and that will accelerate your faith. Because when you follow Jesus, there are amazing things ahead. In fact, when your eyes are on Jesus and you give your life to him, <laughs> there's the greatest miracle of all is there is an eternity of pleasure ahead of you. An eternity of amazing pleasure. Like Barbie's mom is in that eternity of pleasure right now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It is beyond your imagination what God will do in eternity as well as today. But I want you to imagine. First and foremost, I may ask that everyone in here just close your eyes, lock yourself in with God. And I may ask you to examine yourself. And if there is sin in your life, you're not serving the Lord. Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life. Before we leave this room, I want you to give your life to Jesus. So here's what I'm going to do at the count of three. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm going to see your hand, and I'm going to lock my faith in with yours. And we're going to pray together, and you're going to give your life to Jesus. Is that you? Are you ready to do this? Lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift your hand up for me. Lift your hand up for me. You're going to give your life to Jesus today? Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Okay, in this particular meeting, I don't see anybody's hands up. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move on to that next thing. I want you to begin, get that miracle inside that you're believing God for. And I want to pray for God to expand your imagination of what God can do. Expand that imagination. Watch what God will do in the future. Will you just stand all across this room with me? And I want to pray over you right now. Lord God, I pray blessing over every man, every woman, and even over the boys and girls, the little babies in the nursery. God, I pray, pray blessing, blessing, blessing upon us. God, help us to break out of our limited imagination of what you can do. God, help us to break out of that. Even though it seems impossible, we know that you are the God of the impossible. You're the one who conquers that. And God, we choose today to fix our eyes on you, Jesus, knowing that you are the author and that you are the perfecter. You're the perfecter of our faith. And with our eyes on you, we can say to that mighty mountain, be gone and be cast into the sea, and it will be done because our eyes are on you and where faith is accelerated. God, we, you didn't put us on this earth just to merely exist. God, you've put us on this earth to thrive, to make a difference. And God, we choose to operate in that today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And everybody said? Everybody said? All right. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.